Welcome to Cup of Grace. I'm here with my co-hostess of the mostess. Chelsea, I'm here. Sorry, I didn't realize that was my <laughs> intro or my, my call-in. Here I am. This is Chelsea. I'm the hostess. The well, mostest. I, said, I said hostess of the mostess. Oh, oh so yes, I do have I, the most. I, <laughs> I didn't even say it right. So we're here, kind of. <laughs> we uh, have already done our own podcast once again before the podcast started. We've been talking for... Never fails. Never fails. Yeah. Um. Every single time we get together, we have a whole podcast episode before we actually do our podcast episode. So welcome to the second half of our podcast episode. (laughs) We're going to get it together at some point during this show. (laughs) Make sure. So today we're going to go over, and we've been talking about this for a little while, and something that we've had a heart to talk about is what is worship? And so... Here we go. She knows I'm super passionate about this um, because a lot of times when we talk about worship, and this is what we were talking about on the episode that you guys missed because we didn't hit record, (laughs) but a lot of times when we talk about worship, we're talking about, you know, at the beginning of church service, we have the three praise songs and the two worship songs. And so when we say worship, people think that it's just two songs before the preaching starts. And I've always had a heart for like, that's not what worship is. And I don't think that it's really taught that much on what true worship actually is. So it's something that I'm super passionate about. And I've been talking about this specific topic for, I don't know, two or three years now. Something yeah, like that. It's been an ongoing thing for years. Just like, I just, we just need to be educated on what worship really is. When we say, so let's do praise and worship, what's the difference between the two? What is, and what is it really is not just a slow song, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really passionate about this topic. And so we started uh, this month with a special guest. My mom came on. If you haven't listened to that podcast, it's a great one. Um, and we talked about praise. It's something that was on her heart. And so in that, I started studying on worship. And so we were actually going to talk about numbing, which we kind of will talk about, but we'll go into depth more about numbing later in a different episode. Um, But I was like, well, since we did praise at the beginning of the month, we'll end the month with worship. And uh, so that's what we're going to go with today. We're going to talk about worship, and we're going to talk about what it's not, what it is, what it means to really worship, and what it looks like to have a life of worship. Okay, so we're going to start out with the scripture. Um, It's Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, well, hello. Who are they? (laughs) The brethren. (laughs) Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. So that's kind of embodies what worship actually is because we think it's just a song and it's the slow songs. But this scripture really talks about, you know, your body is a sacrifice. Your life is a sacrifice is, is true worship. And before we started, we, we kind of, we wanted to have examples of like what worship looked like in the Bible. And the main person that we think about when we think about worship is David. Yep. Because the Bible says that David is a man after God's own heart. And he wrote all a lot of psalms on all of psalms, so it would be inaccurate for me to say. But he wrote a lot of the psalms. 
Yeah. And a lot of the praise mm-hmm. what came from David. And so just whenever you think of, oh, yeah, man, he was a worshiper. Like, that's the first person that we think of. In fact, I think a lot of times David being a man after God's own heart and being a worship, a, a true worshiper or whatever, over, like it kind of overshadows all the other stuff that he did. Because mm-hmm. we don't talk about. Not so much. We don't talk about all the bad things that David did. We just talk about, oh, he was such a man after God's own heart. But like, he totally murdered somebody. Like, <laughs> he did commit adultery. But I think we spend so much time talking about what a true worshiper he was that we forget the other stuff. And he was a real man. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he was human too. Yeah. Um, but, and Amber and I were talking before and saying that David, is who we all go to when we think of who is a worshiper. I just, you know, I begged the question. I said, so if we're looking for somebody who worshiped a true worship, which the definition of worship was, we, we looked it up and I'm not sure that I love the worldly definition of worship because it's not, it's not, you know, biblical, but it says the expression of reverence and adoration or honor given to someone for recognition. But the word tells us in Mark 12, 30 to 31, that true worship of God is when we love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And somebody that I feel like embodies that completely is Job with his life. He was faced with his, he was blessed beyond anybody as in anybody's imagination, rich, wealthy, had lots of children, everything that you could think of. And it was all taken away And in those moments of when he had everything and when he didn't, his lifestyle and his reverence and his focus and his desires never shifted from being God's to his. It was always God's will. Whatever you say, I know you're here for me, and that is worship. And even in those moments when everything was taken away from him, that's kind of one of the things that we were talking about. So I was like, you're so right. Job lived a sacrificial life of worship because when he lost everything and his friends and his wife, I mean, his friends even tried to blame him. Like, well, you must have done something. And then his wife's like, just curse God and die. And he's like, no, God gives and he takes away. And to me, that's a true sacrificial life there because in that moment, and I can say just as somebody who kind of lost everything. We had children come in, so I don't remember what I was talking about, but um, <laughs> I was saying something along the lines of um, in those moments whenever ever. Oh, I was saying, I remember now, sorry. Um, as somebody who I went through a really rough time after my divorce and I felt like, oh my gosh, my life is falling apart. And in those moments, what I should have done was run to God and be like, you know, you're my refuge in all of this. But instead, what I did was, well, I tried and I did my best. And um, I, again, we got interrupted, but um, I should have run to God in that situation. And what I did was run away from God. And in Job's situation, he ran to God and he's like, no, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. God is, he's still going to be there for me. And yeah, so you could say even that out in the blessings and in the hard times of his physical life, Job's life didn't change. Hmm. His life, his heart, his everything came from his relationship with the Lord. So everything in the physical world might have disappeared and might have been hard, but who he really was in his life of worship and his relationship that was built through worship, through his 
everything being about the will of God didn't change. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you hear people say that like when everything falls apart, what you lean on is what you had your trust in in the first place. And so like when my life fell apart and I was like, oh, well, I don't know what to do. And I know for me, my identity was so, it was so like, oh, I'm a wife and I'm a mom. And so then when that didn't look the same anymore, I was like, I don't know who I am. Because even my destiny in the church was tied to my marriage. And so when you build your, I mean, it's just like that story. When you build your foundation on something shaky, when that's taken out from underneath you, then it all falls. And so Job's life, the foundation of his life was built on God and it was built on that relationship with God. And so when everything was taken away, he's like, no, God still loves me. He's still here for me. I may not understand all of this, yeah, but I do understand the one who created me. And I know that he has a will and a plan and a purpose for my life. And I choose to live through this and not give up and not change and not waver. That is worship. Yeah. I, when I think about loving somebody with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, and that being worship, I don't, or when I think I want to worship the Lord, I, to me, I don't know. And this is because maybe because I understand what worship is. I've never gone to, when I say I want to worship, thinking I need to go sing a song. Yeah. When I want to worship something, I want to give my life, I want to commit all of that I am to that thing. And so when I, Say, I want to worship the Lord. I, no, I want to do everything that He wants me to do because I want to be all of that for Him. Yeah. I think you're alone in that because, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that you're alone, but I, I mean, I've been on a worship team since I was, I don't know, 13, and I'm years old now. Well, it's let's just say that I've been on and off a worship team for the last 15 years. And in that, for a very long time, I didn't know that worship was your life. I didn't know because I, ha- I have a little bit of a temper problem. I know that nobody would believe that, but um, I didn't know that me choosing to be kind to somebody whenever that person is cruel to me, that's worship. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and I think that's, I, and I'm not going to say it's a lot of people, but I think it's a misconception that worship is a song when, no, it's like, it's your whole life, man. It is your whole life. And you saying, being nice to somebody when they're being cruel to you, you, you weren't doing that for yourself. You were taking a step back and saying, Lord. I know what your word says, and I know you asked me to forgive, and I know that you don't want this conflict in my life. And so because of my relationship with you, I'm going to choose to be different in this situation to show who you are. That is worship. Yeah. Well, and and also because, like, whether we want to, whether it's fair or not, mm-hmm. people are looking at your life, and a, a lot of people are being like, yeah, you're a Christian? Okay. Something that I thought about when, uh, as we were talking, was, like when it's really easy to know what worship is outside of the Christian walk. Like you can hear people talking about things that are unrelated to religion and be like, Oh, they, they, they worship that. They Mm -hmm. worship that. And when they're saying that, Oh, they worship this or they worship that they're saying using worship in the right context, because they're saying that their life represents all their choices are based around everything they do is talking about or doing whatever this thing is. Yeah. They use the worship in the right context. When it comes to the church, we use worship as, a song. Yeah. That's crazy. That is so weird. Yeah. We it's 
You're going to hear a lot of background noise in this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, that's our purpose, though. We're real. We, guys, we have children. We have lives. We're moms. And uh, we, we still want to do what the Lord wants us to do. We still want to share with y'all. But also, you know, give us some grace. <laughs> Please, Jesus. <laughs> we, gotta, we need a whole cup of it, okay? <laughs> uh, but, yeah. I, um, so, in, in saying all that... Um, we talked about what worship is not. That was great. Um, and what worship is, is a sacrificial life. And I think what you said perfectly describes what it is, having a life where everything you do is to worship God. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that I have written down here is why we why we worship. It's literally why we were created. Um, it's the whole purpose for our existence is to worship. And so, um, I love the story of, um, you know, Satan was cast out of heaven and we, I don't know if you, if you've heard it like this, but we were the creation after Satan was thrown out of heaven. Mm -hmm. Like he created us to worship in place of Lucifer. Well, so, um, anyways, but I probably should have said something like that before we started. <laughs> Instead of being like, did you know? <laughs> but um, because he was the worship leader. Yeah. He was the one up there worshiping God. And um, I think that's why it's easy for worship leaders to get super prideful, mm-hmm. you know, because that's where it started. Well, all of the attention. I mean, given that responsibility to be a praise and worship leader is you're stepping on a platform with the intent of leading God's people into his presence. Yeah. That's a huge responsibility. Yeah. I, I'm not really, um, I think I started there and I always kind of thought that that's where I would take my ministry or whatever, or where my ministry would go. Not that I'm taking it anywhere, but, um, the older that I've gotten, the more I'm just like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, like, I know that I'm supposed to do that, but at the same time, I was like, oh. God, can you give me a different assignment? Because it's not my favorite thing to do. It's always that. I say, I hate that. It's, that just seems like that's always what it is. The one thing that we don't want. Yeah. Mom and I just had that conversation. And she was like, I just really need God to do a creative miracle in this because <laughs> this one's just too hard for me to do myself. And I'm yeah. like, girl, I feel you. But the moment you want that creative miracle or that thing just to be something that it's not because the work is so hard, it's like that's the one thing he's like, well, if you wanted a creative miracle, we're going to work this one out together. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And, yeah, he's Let me have a different ministry. I just want a different <laughs> ministry. Not but, that one. But with your heart for worship being in the right place, or or for your heart to show people what true worship is, is an incredible thing in itself because you want to be a worship leader, but you want to be a worship leader from the perspective of what real worship is. Yeah. You don't want to get up there and just sing beautiful songs. Like you really want people to enter in and experience God. Yeah. Well, and it took me a long time. I think that's the hard thing about especially being like growing up in church and being put on the worship team so young um is that you're like I said earlier, it's not really taught in church what worship actually is, but um like figuring it out for yourself. And then, you know, with everything that I've been through and having to say like, okay, well, you know, I've been in church my whole life, but like I stepped away from church and I did this and I did that. And then having to get back on a platform after that. Um, but I think it was through all that where I really learned, you know, 
this is this is what worship actually is. It's, you know, whenever you want to do something else and then God's like, no, this is what I have for your life. And you choose it. Yeah. You, and it's, it's waking up every day choosing God. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's waking, it's waking up, but then in every situation throughout the day being like, God, I'm going to choose what you want me to do right now because what I want to do <laughs> Is not what you want me to do. <laughs> I want in every decision, and I'm not perfect at that. Mm-hmm. I'm not I either. I want in every decision that I make for his will to be my first thought. Yeah. For his will to be my, like, just my natural state of being. Yeah. And me too. Yeah. I, <laughs> Girl. <laughs> me too. But the work that it takes to get there is worship. Yeah. Well, and that's and the next thing that I have written down is that worship is really for God. It, it's our reasonable service for everything that he's created and everything that he's done in our life. The Bible says it's our reasonable service. We should want to worship because he's so good. He deserves it. Um, and in that, and I kind of talked about it last time you know, whenever we were talking about praise, but when we worship God, when we spend time with God, when we spend time in his presence, he reveals purpose. And I know I've talked to you about this several times, but it's like, whoever you spend time with the most is who you're going to look like. And so whenever you spend quality time in God's presence, that's who you're going to look like. Um, And so whenever you're, and this kind of goes back to the numbing, um, cause I have a TikTok problem, little, little <laughs> bit of TikTok problem. And by little bitty, I mean, I get in a scroll hole for hours. I mean, like it's. I love that you've nicknamed it a scroll hole. Scroll hole. Yeah. I'm, at least they're getting along. But so. Scroll holes. We're getting out of them. Yes. sorry our kids are everywhere but we're talking about numbing and and breaking that cycle and how worship is choosing oh so i'm i was just saying like um i have i have a little issue with tiktok so instead of spending time with god Mm -hmm. i spend time numbing or you know and before it was like i was numbing with alcohol or drugs or whatever um and then it's like i switched and now like i numb with social media some people numb with tv some people numb with gossip but some people numb with food um and i know we've touched on that a little bit before but it's like whenever you decide okay i'm gonna live this life of worship then you go to god first and then all those things that you want to fill that void with that you have because we all we all have this hole inside of us and really it's it's a god-sized hole because god put it there because we were created for him to fill that void in us and what we do all day long is trying to find something that's going to fill that void and the reason that we're constantly searching is because nothing's going to fill it except god and so whenever we spend that time, really spending time with God's presence, you can see it throughout your whole life. You can see it throughout your whole day. I mean, when I wake up in the morning and I listen to worship music and I pray, um, like I've been doing this thing where I wake up every day and I just, I'm like, okay, God, I thank you for, and then I just do gratitude for like 10 minutes before I get up. And I just thank God for everything in my life. But I can tell a difference between when I wake up in the morning and do that as opposed to when I wake up in the morning and I'm distracted and I'm doing something besides that. 
Anyways, I talked for a long time. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to say. Um, actually, we're on a podcast, so I kind of like have to figure it out, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of the point, I uh, think. I feel. No, uh, <laughs> no, I do. I know what to say. Uh, I do. I want to start with saying thank you for picking this topic because it's something that we really do need to continue to try to educate people on. Mm-hmm. Is that worship is not just a song? Yeah, worship is not just a five-minute session between the preaching and showing up to church. Worship is a lifestyle. Yeah. And it's something that when we spend time doing it, like you said, we begin to look a lot more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And we're in those moments, we're choosing to put Him on and step into the fullness of who He is and become more like Him. And that's our purpose here on the earth so that we can share the gospel. Right. And without worship, it's just ugly. Yeah. It's just ugly. Well, it's just me without God. Mm-hmm. And it's... And, and I... That's, I'm listening to a minister lately that he talks about, you know, we are flesh, but we're spirit too. And so whenever we start our day feeding the spirit, then it's not like our flesh gets any less. It's just that our spirit gets stronger. And so that we're able to walk more in the spirit than we are in the flesh. Because at the end of the day, my flesh is still my flesh and it doesn't go anywhere. But when we make our spirit stronger then it just makes it easier to tell the flesh, hush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more you practice saying no yeah. to the flesh, the easier saying yes to the spirit becomes. It's, yeah. It, uh, saying no in general in my life has been. <laughs> <laughs> you are a bit of a people pleaser. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I can be a yes man all day long. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I've been practicing saying no. I know this has nothing to do with, you know, kind of what we're talking about, but just as an example, the more that I actually say no, the more comfortable I am stepping into saying no again. Yeah. And the more I say no to my flesh, then the, mo- the more comfortable I'm getting saying no to my flesh. That's so interesting um, that you put it that way because I've never thought about people who are people pleasers because I'm obviously not that. So no, <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about like if you are saying yes to everybody all the time, are you saying yes to your flesh a lot more than you're saying yes to your spirit? Yeah, because my flesh says to say yes to everyone. I never thought about it like that. Knows when to say no. Right. Wow. Listen. And so those things, because I I have a big heart and I'm a forgiver and I, you know, but there are times where you have to use discernment and say no. And so as a part of worship, which is a weird thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why would worship, why would be, why would this work be me learning to tell people no? Yeah. That is, a, that is a form of I'm trying to be more like who God wants me to be and saying yes to the situation is not going to get me there. So, well, and Jesus didn't yeah. always say yes. Mm-mm. Yeah. He didn't. And so, and as an act of worship, I'm having to learn how to say no. Yeah. That's and so good. And use the servant. So, yeah. I- that I sent a video to you the other day, and I was like, oh, my gosh, because these ministers were talking about we hate boundaries. And I was like, why would they say that? <laughs> like, that's great. That's I, you, so scary. I'm guessing you didn't watch it by your face right now. <laughs> you sent me a video on that? Yeah. It was um, a really popular worship leader, and it was um, – I think he's a pastor. I don't really know who the oh, guy yeah, was. Yeah, I seen the preacher. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't watch something. No. And they were um, – they were saying, I hate boundaries. And sometimes you just have to lay your life down and like almost talking about what we're talking about, but like in a really toxic way, like letting the church run all over you, which I've done. Um, And I'm like, no, worship is setting boundaries and saying no, like, no, God, God's not calling me to that. Like worship is 
saying, hmm, let me pray about that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I have to ask God before I say yes to that. That's yeah. that is worship. Yeah. And I, I hear this in um, life a lot, and it is so true. We can get like this in the body of Christ because we can get so faith-like, so word of faith that we become really legalistic and we think it's all about works. Yeah. So we're trying to do a little bit of everything. We want to do children's ministry. We want to help with the soundboard. We want to be a greeter and we want to do this and we do that. And you can be a jack of all trades and be mediocre at all of those things. Mm-hmm. Or you can choose the one thing that God told you to say yes in and gave you permission to do and gives you an anointing and a gift in, a talent in for him. And you can be awesome at that and really change the lives and, and affect way more people instead of being mediocre in the 10 things that you want to keep saying yes to that are not for you. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm not, I don't know that many people know this about me, but I am good with kids, but I don't like kids. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I didn't think I liked kids either. No, like I really don't well, like kids. No, I know you don't. Okay. Like kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was a point when my kids were little and I was like, I, and I was so mad. And just, this is the way that the Holy Spirit kind of speaks to me. But I was like, you know what? I wish they would get it together and that they would have somebody here to do children's church. Cause I'm so sick. And I, at the time I was a stay at home mom and I'm like, I'm so sick of coming to church and I don't even get to worship or I don't get to enjoy the sermon because I'm like, I have my kids hanging all over me or I have to go outside because they're crying or I have to go sit in the nursery. And I'm like, why don't they have something? And the Holy Spirit was like, you're complaining about it. Why don't you be a, pro- why don't you be a problem solver? Why don't you do something about it instead of complaining about it? And it was for a season. It was for a very small season. God has not called me to children's ministry, but it was kind of one of those, like, you're complaining about something that you don't have an answer to. So before you start complaining about it, why don't you try to help? Mm-hmm. Why don't you offer a solution? And so I did. Well, you opened up that door and then there became coverage. Yeah. And all that that but ministry actually launched. I never, I didn't stay there. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially in smaller congregations, it's like, oh, well, they don't have, they don't have somebody to do this. So I have to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, but then you. I think that's where burnout comes oh, yeah. in in the church. Out of obligation. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's nobody to do it. And it's like, well, yeah, there's nobody to do it because you keep saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody's going to. No, we needed to look for somebody. Yeah. We've been doing it. <laughs> we know you had a problem doing it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've been I'm there. doing 25 things. I've been, like, <laughs> there. I've been there. I've been where somebody showed up to church and they're like, work. Weren't you in the sound booth earlier and now you're taking the kids to children's church? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then afterwards, they're like, you're putting out all the eggs? Thought you did children's church. We will make it through this podcast. Yes. Hopefully. Sorry, our kids came in again. But I remember right where I was. They're like, man, you're putting out the eggs. You taught children's church. You did the slideshow. Like, do you do everything? Yeah. It's like, yes, but it's because nobody else will do it. Well, don't we have 150 members? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So this is also a good moment for me to say, get plugged in. <laughs> Steph, we need you. <laughs> every ministry could use your help. Yeah. We also need you. We, 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 need, we need people who that is their calling and that God has given them permission to do it so that we don't run into burnout and we don't run into. I got to where sometimes I didn't want to come to church because I didn't want to work. Yeah. Because I was well, just tired of not being able to just come to church and just sit in God's presence. Well, and at one point I was working six days a week. So it was like I was coming after working six days a week and then like working on Sunday too. And it's like, well, okay, but it's the Sabbath is a thing, you know? So like, well, when do you take a break? To say, 
well, what about me? You know, but right, no, but I do need to rest. For knife. <laughs> right now, my kids, our kids are being, what about us? What about us? Yes. <laughs> and when you're saying it's not about us, it's about you, God. Stop being so selfish. <laughs> What's funny is they were leaving us alone until we started recording. Yes. And immediately, as soon as we started recording. So for the pre-podcast show, they left us alone. <laughs> totally. <laughs> And uh, as soon as we started recording, they're like, hey, we need stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, we thought you were done. (laughs) (laughs) No, guys. Hi, Dad. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yes, all of those, all of those decisions are an act of worship. Well, and I was going to say before we get off of that specific topic, um, serving in church is also a sacrifice of worship. You're going to have to say that part again. <laughs> Just no shame. Ride the mic. Okay. I, I'm going to have to have a look at this one. Listen, <laughs> the most embarrassing things have been happening. <laughs> like, I'm ready for it to stop, okay? I don't know if this is some humility I'm supposed to be working on. Or what, but I can tell you this. I don't appreciate it at all. Oh, my goodness. Well, I was saying... If I can get it together. I was saying that when we go to church and we serve, because a lot of times people will come in and be like, oh, no, this is this is an experience for me. Like, I don't have to come in and serve. Well, no, that's part of that's part of sacrificial worship, too, is to go in and know that it's you're saved already. Like you have God. And so when we're coming into this place, yes, it's for you. And yes, you need to be filled up. But there are people who don't know God. And so part of your sacrifice is just to say, God, um, I'm here for whatever you need. And you giving up your time on that Sunday could make the difference between somebody's eternity, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And and just saying, okay, God, I have you. I know I have you. Mm-hmm. And this Sunday may be hard for me, and I might be tired this week. But there are people here that I don't want them to die and go to hell. And I know that yeah. if I don't do my part to make, to show excellence, and to really just walk in love and all the things. There is so much that goes into, I don't want to call it a production, but the production of Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, We shouldn't have to do be a three-ring circus in order to keep people's attention. But there are some things we have to have an order. There are things that have to go on, and we need people for that. And all of those things are an act of worship. It's just not just the first three songs, last two songs. Well, I think I think the world does things in excellence. And then whenever people come to church, their expectation is that, oh, yeah, it's going to be cheesy. And so it's not a production, but it's like we should be doing the kingdom with excellence like the world does all their things with excellence so that people don't think that we're a joke. You know, so it's not a production, but like also we should take pride in what we're doing for the Lord. Yeah, I was going to say, because the point is we're not doing it for us. Right. We're doing it for Him. Right. And we're doing it for the people who who might need something that Sunday or that Wednesday or whatever it is. I'm saying all this as someone who doesn't go to church. <laughs> She's going to get plugged in. She's going to get plugged in somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to be so transparent right now because <laughs> it's the only way I know how to live. But it's been, like, really nice to, like, wake up Sunday morning and, like, watch online online <laughs> it's been so nice because i think i go 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 all the time that it's just like being able to in my pajamas turn something on and i think it kind of like just talking about 
you know, going to church and having to work all, you know, do whatever you got to do at the church. Um, kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the first episode about how we expect the church to fill us up. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me this the other day, like the church is not where you're supposed to get filled up. You're supposed to get filled up in your alone time with God. Yeah. In your one-on-one relationship yeah. where your cup is filled. Yeah. And we have gotten our perspective wrong and reorganized our priorities to where it is a, a belief that we go to church to feel better. And, I, and I've said this myself. I feel so much better now that I went to church. Yeah, I have too. And recently, <laughs> within the last four months, I'm not going to say you're going to hear preachers say it's not about emotions. Their emotions are the driver of a lot of our decisions. Yeah. It is important to have our emotions in check mm-hmm. and, 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 and to and not to make decisions off of them. But if you don't feel peace, we were saying, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> we were saying that we have our perspective and our our priorities and our expectations have been mixed up to where we think going to church on Sunday is checking off a box, filling up our cup mm-hmm. for the week. And then when we come back on Sunday, because most of us don't go on Wednesday night mm-hmm. for that topping off the cup, we wait until next Sunday and to feel good again and to get our cup filled back up. And yes, the, in, in worship and in praise and in fellowship with other believers, you are going to get filled up to a certain right. point. But it is the intent of God's heart for you to that daily worship with him mm-hmm. to that be your source of filling your cup. Well, I think the gathering is important because it says that it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I think that's been my biggest thing. Like, I don't want to go back to checking a box off. Mm-hmm. I don't want my life to be, Oh, I went to church. I did something good. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's not how it works. Yeah. I've gone to church and then left church and been like, okay, now that's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt that way. Yeah, I have. I have felt that way many, many times. And I'm like, okay, now I can start the week, you know. And uh, that's not worship. Yeah. Well, and I've also felt like uh, there's been a lot of times when I woke up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. I mean, like so many times where I'm like, I should just call out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most of the time I wouldn't, but there were so many times where I was like, I do not want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think for me, it's because it was the it was a production. Like in my mind, it was like, this is just something that we're doing because we have to. And at that you're right. That's not worship at all. And, and your heart is what's most important as far as worship goes. Yeah. Your heart is what's most important to him. Mm-hmm. And he knows your heart. So we can say whatever we want. We can put on whatever kind of face we want in front of other people. But at the end of the day, whatever's actually in there, he already knows. So you're not hiding. It's not even worth it to put on the show because Mm -hmm. it might please everybody around us. But at the end of the day, at the end of your life, the one person that knows the truth, if it doesn't please him, it don't matter. Yeah. It don't matter. It don't matter. You make people happy doing whatever you do. Your daily choice to worship him and choose him in every decision is what matters. And your heart being purposed to worship. We can say all day long that you can get real legalistic and real works-based if you say worship is work and doing all these things but no the heart your heart is purpose towards worship i want to be my heart's desire is to worship you my heart's desire is to follow you to do your will that's what's the most important thing well and when you do that when you really decide okay i'm gonna live a life of true worship who you are when you're not living a life of worship is not who you actually are 
like because God knows your heart, he knows your end from your beginning and he knows who he's purposed you to be when you're living a life where you're plugged into his presence constantly, you become who he's called you to be and who he knows you to be because that's whenever, whenever God sees you, he's not seeing who you are currently. He sees who he's created you to be. And so, yeah, you can do all the works, but when you really dedicate your life to worshiping him. Is that why whenever you get to heaven and he says, turn away from me, you are covering I don't know who you are. I've heard that. Jerry Flowers said that. Is that, that why he says he doesn't know you? Because the one that you, he created you to be. Isn't the one. Isn't the one that's standing in front of him. Maybe. That's, I've heard that. Yeah. I, I have heard that. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but, um, but. When you accept Christ, you become a new creation. So is that new creation? Because if we say we're saved, but I never spend any other time with God. Like say, say I get saved, right? And then I just live. By saved, you mean sinner's prayer. Like, or, no, I mean like I actually believe by faith okay. that because okay. in my heart, that's what I think happens. Like mm-hmm. by faith, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. For my sins, but then I don't walk it out. If I, none of us are ever going to live up to who, what, right? The glorification walk doesn't end until we're in the glorification process of going. So, does that scripture mean like you never became that new creation? Mm -hmm. Is that what it means? No, guys, we're gonna we're gonna (laughs) finish this question with the higher ups. This was off, this was off the top of her dome, yeah. so we did not study that. I was just thinking when you were like, "You aren't who you're not being who he caught walking in that creation, the person mm-hmm. that he called you to be," and that so we have this problem interpersonally too in 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 life where somebody's acting out of character, mm-hmm. like you know who they really are, and you're like, "What is going on with you? Mm-hmm. I don't know you, right? You know." And I like I can just see the Lord like come on I like this is not who you are. I think that for me for like with my son, I so I was saying um because again we got interrupted. We should do like a can you guys count how many times we got interrupted by our kids? Um, but I think that's why I get so defensive of my son because like this is a kid who like saw a homeless guy one time and I told him like, you know, some homeless people were veterans. And I just kind of told him a little bit about like, you know, some people don't like nobody intends to end up on the side of the road. You know what I mean? And so I I had one conversation about homeless people with them. And the next time we saw a homeless person, he was like, I want to buy him food. And I was like really inconvenienced by it. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, because it, we were on the loop in Waco. <laughs> and so I was going to have to go all the way around the loop, get the dude some food and come back around and give him some food. And uh, then the Holy Spirit was like, I put that on his heart. Go get that man some food. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, I, so I worshiped, but I went back and I got the dude some food. So from that one encounter, he just felt like he loves homeless people. Like his heart is just, um, when we did the homeless giveaway, he was just like hugging them. And like, he just, he loves homeless people and, um, he just has such a heart for him. And so just from that one conversation, you know, he just took it and it's just, you could tell that it's, that's his ministry. And, um, 
So I see this kid who's so sweet and he's so kind and he can be super loving, but he also has this other side where he's like very aggressive and angry because of everything that he's been through. And so whenever people judge him based on that, I'm like, bro, you don't even know him. (laughs) And I feel like that's how God is with us. Like you don't even know her because what we do is the same thing that teachers and other kids do to call in, you know, they judge them based on a snapshot of what they see that's ugly and they don't see the true heart of who that person is. And so I feel like even when we've talked about this before, like when we talk about people, God's like, that's my kid you're talking about, you know, that that's my kid. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't even know why I said that, but um, maybe stop gossiping, guys. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I feel like God feels the same way about us. Like, you know, you don't know what that person's been through. And I love them, and they're acting out of character, and that's not who they are. Yeah. So, but he sees that. He already knows, you know, that's not who that person is. And and the more we choose worship, the more we begin to align with who he's created us to be. Mm-hmm. And then we begin to recognize ourselves. Yeah who he's created us to be. And so then it's really easy to tell, well, we ain't being us, yeah. you know, and you're well, like, wait a minute. And then you're like, oh man, I gotta apologize. What time are you? I'm like, ugh. I've asked myself this time and time again, why do I always have to be the bigger person? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes being a Christian is not really fun. It is. Oh, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's work and, uh, but it's worth it. Yeah. He's worth it. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's all we have for today, guys. I hope that y'all enjoyed it. I, I hope that you know twenty minutes of it wasn't us being interrupted. <laughs> y'all, y'all just comment below <laughs> how many times did our kids walk in while we're doing that? That'll be great. That'll be a good conversation. <laughs> um, I still have the challenge going, and I haven't posted for two days, so please forgive me. I will post today, um, but I still have the challenge. And since Chelsea hasn't listened to the podcast yet. Shame on you. Um, I've challenged everybody for at least 10 minutes a day for 30 days. And you can jump on now um, to worship God. And what I actually said was, which you're going to hear when you go back and listen to the episode. But uh, what I said was, if you worship God for at least 10 minutes a day for 365, then your life will look totally different in a year. But I said at least for the next 30 days, 10 minutes a day. Worship music, prayer. I've been doing gratitude um, and reading your Bible. Just 10 minutes of spending time with the God, with, with the God, with God. <laughs> However, that looks to you, uh, worshiping, praising, and then uh, see what your life looks like in 30 days. And then in 30 days, you probably won't want to stop because it changes it changes the atmosphere in your home, but it changes. Seven days, 28 days to create a habit. Yeah. So if you start today. In 27 days, you'll wake up and be like, oh, I have to I have to worship God first thing. So, but it'll change your life. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. All right, we're out. We'll see you guys next. Well, we won't see you. We will talk to you guys next You'll hear month. from us again. Yeah, you, <laughs> you will hear us next month. <laughs> Until next time. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm.